With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Gig Guys Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was... At that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC. It's just amazing. Wes Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5. The Game. And welcome in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you again. We've been hanging out all morning at the Firehouse Subs here at 1297 Broad Street out in Sumter. We're right in front of Walmart. Come by, say hello. We've got so many sandwiches out here. I finally got to try the turkey bacon ranch, and it was as delicious, if not even better, than I imagined it would be. Uh, what was it, Chris? Uh, West got into the, was it the steamer? New York steamer. New York steamer. You, you were about to have to do this hour by yourself, Tyler. <laughs> we got, a, bu- we got a buffet of sandwiches over it's here. absolutely phenomenal. And we uh, certainly appreciate Larry Chandler for feeding us very well while we've been out here. And, uh, he still, always does. Still another uh, uh, hour to go. I can smell the cookies baking back there. This is, uh, this is, this is fun. I enjoy this. I'm going to give you all a pro-life tip. Um, the brownies here. Very, very good. Okay. Never yeah. tried the brownie. One of the subs that we have over here is the patented Wes's Way. Okay. Meatball meatball pepperoni. Uh-huh. Um, garlic butter, pepperoni, meatball. If you've never had that one, make sure you check it out. The sub of the day, guys, actually today is the Jamaican Jerk Turkey. And so if you want that, you can come into this Firehouse Subs location here at 1297 Broad Street. And you can get that for just seven ninety nine for a medium. But if you don't want that, you can always try something else. And uh, as Wes jumps back into his New York steamer, Larry <laughs> Chandler actually joining us right now here on 107.5 The Game. Larry, first of all, thank you so much for letting us come out here and do this. And uh, thank you for feeding us so well. Oh, well, thank you all for being here. Uh, yeah, well, he just tagged me out. He wanted to go eat. He didn't want to talk to you all anymore. So. <laughs> I don't blame him. Uh, pick. Pick, picking between us and picking and, between, and, and, and all those sandwiches. The sandwich is going to win every time. <laughs> I've only had a half a New York steamer, and I'm going to go. And uh, Wes is now diving into the brisket. So, oh, yeah. Larry, do you have a favorite sub? I think we've asked you this before, yeah. <clears throat> but we need to revisit it yeah, every now fine. and then. Uh, yeah, I do the brisket a lot, uh, okay. and I, I, I put bacon on it. And sometimes I'll just put the brisket in a bowl with no bread. And, uh, yeah, a little, car- little carb-friendly. Uh, bacon, yeah. eggs are crispy, and mix it together and sweet Bay Braised barbecue sauce and I'm all set. Now Wes was just talking about this. I mentioned being able to smell the cookies. He said the brownies are really, really good. I've never personally tried one myself, but I feel like you can never go wrong with oh brownies. Oh my God, they're awesome. We'll get some over here I, so you can Have you ever this. heard, Larry, about Wes's brownie rating system? <laughs> he, ha- he, he has a system for desserts where he rates them, and I gotta say, the Firehouse Subs one... It, is probably one of the highest ratings wow, that's ever that's been given. Impressive. And that is a that is a high it's honor. It's on a West scale. That's cool. Yeah, Wes has his own scale. He has his own type of meatball <laughs> sub here. 
Can we get if somebody comes in? Our goal is that when people come in here, they can order this meatball with pepperoni if they just say Wes's way. Yes, it's automatic. That's what we need to do. Wes's put it way on the is what I want. Yeah, we'll put it on there somehow. And then I need Tyler and I also yeah. need our. Yeah, we got to come up with yeah. our own signature yeah. sandwich. So. That'll be easy. Yeah, yeah. Tyler yeah. like that bacon. Uh, Turkey bacon ranch today, so yeah, yeah I, put a little I, twist on it. Uh, uh, it way. The best kind of sandwiches make a good mess, and I had ranch all over my hands. I had to ask you for a nap. And I'm I was like, like, I need a nap. This is a good. This is a good sandwich. And before we went back on the air, Josh kind of gave me the "you got something in the corner of your mouth" <laughs> sign. Apparently, I still had ranch on my face. Well, good thing uh, we're just doing radio. That's no, right. No, I, have a, I have a face for radio as it is, TV. so it's perfect. <laughs> So, Larry, are you going to uh, check out the women's game today later? You know, I want to play hooky so bad that I, I just I got too much to do. Uh, but uh, I might still, uh, you know, the urge is going to be I'm ready to go, you can tell, just in case. Right. So, um, but uh, I'm going to. Probably going to end up there at 2 o'clock. So. I know you closely follow all the athletes. We were just talking about men's soccer, Tony Gannon, you know. Um, I know you closely follow all the teams, but here, here's a very forward question for you. Do you already have your plane and, and hotel for Dallas? I do have hotel. And, there you uh, go. And uh, should make, go ahead and make the airline. So I didn't go. That confident, uh, huh? I didn't go the last time they were in Dallas, So, but I feel pretty confident about it. I did my bracket. I did two brackets for the women yesterday, uh-huh. and it just ended up, um, you know, us winning the course. And then I had I had different teams in the final four and uh the the final score was almost you know 80 something to 60 something so you know 15 16 point spread yeah and so, what what is the point spread for today's hand time 49 and a half i figure it's about 50 didn't we beat them like 80 earlier in the season and we didn't we, we didn't play they, they've actually never played south carolina okay, before sorry, so this is a new matchup yeah. now they did play alabama earlier on in the season they lost that game 92 to 30 oh, so if that's any indication on how today might go yeah. there you go well, South Carolina, what Maryland in the tournament is what a two seed? I think um, in the women's tournament. Yeah, so they we would not see them until the Elite Eight. Yeah, yeah so Maryland because we're in the same side of the bracket. Right, right. Carolina's the same side. Maryland a two seed, and I think Carolina won that game by twenty something points at yeah, Maryland yeah. to yeah. open the season. I did think they had a couple of players that were hurt. Yes, they, yeah, they, they did. Back, they did. But still, I think we're we're in good shape. I, I th- was the Maryland game where we had that brawl earlier on in the season, in like the third quarter, that I stopped the game that. for like five minutes. I don't remember that. There was a game earlier on in the season where it wasn't like a bench clearing brawl, like punches and elbows, but it was a nice little scuffle. I feel like it was the Maryland game. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we get a <laughs> little rematch. Hopefully not a replay of that, but maybe yeah. a little, maybe a little rematch. Also, Larry, spring ball going on, spring football yeah. going on. Um, I know you pay. Also, close attention to that. Um, we were talking before we came on here off air last hour about some of kind of the storylines um, that you'll probably be at the spring game, right? Right. Uh, next month. But what what are some of kind of the I don't know the questions you have this spring that you'd like to see get answered? What What are your thoughts on this team in general? Yeah, I think uh, looking at it, I, you know, obviously people are talking about running back and all that, but I, I always look at the offensive defensive line. Be kind of interesting to see how that plays out and uh, you know we got to have got to have the big boys on both of those lines yeah. and see how who uh who who ends up stepping up and being the people uh, playing starting so what's your confidence in dow loggins coming in as the offensive coordinator the players seem to really really yeah. like him and everything that we've heard is all indications going well in the spring so far yeah i've heard uh, nothing but positive things and uh he you know listening to him talk uh he's very knowledgeable and so i, I just to uh, uh, 
the word I've heard is that people are excited about having him here. And for somebody like yourself that's been a South Carolina fan for a long time, you've seen plenty of ups and downs with this program. And with Shane Beamer going into his third year, you had the six wins in the first year, won the bowl game, eight wins last year, tough bowl game against Notre Dame. Like, what are your expectations for where you think this team should be in 2023? You know, it's hard to put a win-loss, but I think, you know, I think we're going to continue to improve. I think the vibe is such a positive vibe over there. I think, you know, players are totally bought in and, and the, really excited about the young freshmen that are coming in. I think they've already bought in. And, uh, you know, just to see them con- continue to grow, uh, you know, obviously you continue to want to see more wins. And uh, I think they're setting the stage and uh, to continue to grow into really a championship program. Here's one I've been curious to get your take about. So to carry on Joiner, I'm sure you heard, has yeah. been getting a little bit of snaps at running back. Now Shane Beamer has, you know, said he's still a receiver, but we're just kind of adding that to to what he can do. But intrigued by that, like oh, I yeah. am. Yeah, he can he can make uh, make some moves with the ball. I mean, he's great with the ball. So I mean, makes sense to try to get him some uh, snaps there. And I always thought that that might be somewhere to, to uh, give another option for him. And uh the main thing is try to get him on the field as much as possible and get the ball in his hands. So, yeah, good things yeah. have seemed to happen in yeah. the past when he's been utilized, you know, in the correct way. Quarterback, receiver, running back, obviously can play special teams for you. So it would be really interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's anybody on the offense that's versatile enough, it's going to be him. And, you know, well, I think we've talked about it plenty that you're obviously going to look into the transfer portal after the spring's done to shore up that running back room a little bit. But, hey, maybe DK can surprise you and uh, get some snaps running back this fall as well. For sure, without a doubt. So uh, let's see here. One, yeah, we still got a couple more minutes here before we can jump into a little bit of women's basketball. Also, baseball this weekend, getting SEC play started on the road at Georgia, and it's been a very, very impressive spring. Seventeen to one on the season so far. The only loss being that one to uh, to uh, Clemson. I know South Carolina. I've only been here a year, but I, I understand how invested people are in South Carolina baseball with the national championships over a decade and everything. From a fan's perspective, is this year? make or break for the Kingston era uh, you know uh, they've talked about having hosted a regional under him except for that one that was kind of the the technicality with Virginia a couple years ago but you know this is a team that has the talent to go to Omaha is anything less than that a disappointment I think watching them I think they've got uh, the, the the ingredients to to get to that point baseball you've got to be hot at the right time obviously but I think you know from a fan perspective I think coach Tanner set the bar so high that program in our program that you know I look at us as Kansas North Carolina Duke of baseball and so that's where we should be every year and I think the expectations shouldn't be anything less than that. I'm sure coach Kingston I mean he, he feels the same way and um, I got confidence to just see him play they they're pretty impressive they got some big guys I mean there's some strong people up there play and pitching is really good so uh, you know we'll see this weekend start the conference play and on the road we hadn't had a uh, couple games on the road so you know, different reaction when you start playing away from home. Absolutely. Well, Larry, thanks for so much for sitting down thank with us for a few minutes. It. And again, thank you for letting us come out here and doing this and giving us these uh, amazing firehouse yeah. subs to enjoy while we're out here. We certainly appreciate it. Well, thank you all so much for what you do. So I appreciate you. Absolutely. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Chris Wilbon a little bit, previewing this uh, women's basketball game coming up later this afternoon against Norfolk State. We'll be right back on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. I'll touch my Phoenix with. Um, I mean, our point guard play has grown a lot. 
Um, but I, I just feel like we have been consistent in, in our approach. Like, I, I do think this is a, you know, there was there was more of an um, upside for our, our debt. And because of that, I've seen a lot of growth um, in our young players. And not necessarily playing time because that's not always, they, they're not always privy to it. But in practices and preparation, they, they are ready. Like if, you know, if we needed them to um, substitute in, um, I feel very comfortable, like today, knowing that it would be different, but equally as effective. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris out at the Firehouse Subs in Sumter 1297 Broad Street. That was head coach Don Staley talking about the growth this team has had through the 2022-2023 season as they get set to take on Norfolk State later on this afternoon in round one of the NCAA Women's Tournament. Joining us right now on the phone from Gamecock Central covering women's basketball is Chris Wellbaum. And Chris, I talked about this with Colin Taylor a little bit earlier. You never like to count your chickens before they hatch, but when you look at all the uh, you know factors going into this matchup in South Carolina being a 49.5-point favorite over Norfolk State, this just looks like another South Carolina dominant win on the book. Yeah, this game shouldn't be competitive at all. And really, what you're not looking at uh, how they handle Norfolk State. You're you're interested in how do they approach the game? Are they in the right mindset? Are they focused? And uh, you know, are they do they have focus that it's going to take over the next three weeks? Yeah, Chris. So um, I, I believe you said you're already at the CLA. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but uh, what, what is the atmosphere like right there, right now? Like, what, what's going on? I, I know the the other game's about to start, but uh, is for these early round games for out of town teams, um, it, it's it's kind of I, I guess probably a, a weird contrast in that this is a massive game for for two teams, but maybe not necessarily a, a great atmosphere yet. No, especially with uh, tipping off this early in the morning. Um, yeah, that's well, that's something that both coaches have had to figure out a way to get ready without having their normal day of uh, shoot around and walk through and all that. Um, but uh, they're uh, they actually just finished the anthem, and uh, I can hear a little bit going on out there. But yeah, it's going to be an empty empty building for this first game. Yeah, so um, as you just talked about, I mean, South Carolina's not going to lose this first game. But obviously, you know, there, there are going to be goals. There are going to be situations where, um, you know, it can, it can still be a good day or a bad day for South Carolina based on uh, what things may happen. So, Chris, if you could boil it down to two or three, what are maybe your goals from a South Carolina perspective for this game? Well, the first goal in a game like this is to just take care of business and take care of business early. If, if you're having to play any of your rotation players in the fourth quarter, then it, it's been a bad game. Uh, traditionally, the second round game has been the one that's really given South Carolina trouble. Uh, in 2017, they almost lost to Arizona State, and then last year they almost lost to Miami. So you want to get get you know get a nice workout after the week week off and then uh, get some rest and get the young players some experience Chris when you um, let, let, let's look 
you, you never want to look ahead of game one, right? But as Wes said, it would be an absolutely monumental <laughs> upset for South Carolina to lose, obviously, this game. Um, and I do have a question about the Norfolk State game, actually. But first off, when you, when you look at the bracket in general, who are the teams that can challenge South Carolina? The, the parity in this tournament in the women's game does not seem to be as great as in the men's tournament in the men's game. Is it LSU? Is it UConn? Is it Indiana, Virginia Tech? I mean, what what teams do you look at and say, you know, that maybe isn't the greatest matchup if South Carolina runs into this team? I don't want to get sound overconfident, but I don't think there is a bad matchup. They, there's so much depth and so much versatility with South Carolina that whatever you try to do against them, they can counter it. And then the, on top of that, they've played UConn, and they won without playing their best game. They played Stanford, they won without playing their best game. And you look at those teams, those are teams that could challenge them, but again, you beat them without playing your best game. And, and, and that uh, quote that you played from Dawn, she talked about how they've gotten better over the year, course of the season, and it's not just coach speak. Early in the year, they were kind of surviving at point guard. And, and now they're really thriving. They can create matchup advantages at that position. So it, it's going to take South Carolina, South Carolina having a bad game. It's going to take Aaliyah Boston getting into foul trouble. It's going to take, it'll probably take Boston and Cardoso getting in foul trouble for someone to have a chance. Let's look at the health of this team overall. Is there anything going into the tournament that we need to know about specifically? You know, Kiara Fletcher got banged up, had had what, man, I honestly thought was a more serious ankle or foot, something like that, injury uh, in the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. Obviously, came back for that game, but how is Fletcher's health right now, and is there anything else to, to kind of monitor as they go throughout this tournament? Fletcher, Fletcher is supposedly 100%. She practiced yesterday. She was, I'm told she was at a shoot-around this morning, and and they, you know, they held her out as a precaution. They didn't need to beat Tennessee, mm-hmm. but they need to win these next six games. So uh, she's healthy, and that's, you know, it always takes a little bit of luck to win the tournament. And they may have already gotten their luck because just yesterday, excuse <clears throat> me, the same time uh, South Carolina is announcing that that their starting point guard is healthy, you have Notre Dame, NC State and Florida State all announcing that their top player is out for the tournament. So that obviously doesn't directly affect South Carolina, but it just feels like the first stroke of luck. If you're just joining us, we are joined live by Chris Wellbaum from CLA getting ready for the first session of games there in NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Uh, Chris, you have been covering this program since before you know, Aaliyah Boston was featured on Under Armour commercials during the NCAA tournament yesterday. Uh, you've got uh, her in Buick commercials. You've got, you know, Dawn Staley in multiple commercials. I mean, can, can you give us a little bit of perspective on just how this program has grown and just, I, I mean, I, I feel like, they are the face of women's basketball at this point, even above, you know, UConn after their, I guess, decade plus where you would have said that they 
took that title, I guess. But, Chris, uh, as somebody who's covered it, when there were probably less people in that facility than there are right now for that first game, to now seeing what they are now, um, how, how amazing has it been, and can you put that into words? <laughs> you really can't. Uh, it, there's nothing to compare it to. Um, uh, Norfolk State's coach, Larry Vickers, said yesterday that we're playing the face of our sport. And you, know, you go back to last year when they had the first four between um, Incarnate Word and Howard. After the game, everybody wanted to take pictures at the Asia Wilson statue. So they, they're just... They, they're on a different level than the majority of their competition. Just like UConn was a few years ago. They're not the first ones to do this. But you haven't had you haven't had a team probably since <clears throat> excuse me, since UConn in twenty sixteen that was this big of a favorite to win the whole thing. It's it's really South Carolina and everybody else. And kind of- it, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to go. It didn't go happen complete... Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, what, what Dawn's done is, has been absolutely incredible in Columbia. Th- to go back to, to today, just kind of more of a fun question. I'm glad you mentioned um, Larry Vickers, the head coach there at Norfolk State. I listened to what he said yesterday. You know, he was asked, how do you, how do you match up against South Carolina? And he said, you can't. You know, he basically just pointed out the size and the skill level relative to what they have. But he did mention, we're going to throw the kitchen sink at him. We're, we're going to do some things that no other team has done. What do you think that even looks like? Like, we have seen, we've literally seen triple teams. We've seen four players on Aaliyah Boston when she gets the ball in the paint. Like, what, what can a coach possibly do to throw something different at this South Carolina team in the hopes of just basically throwing something at the wall and seeing if it works? That, that's really probably the best description. You just throw something out there and see if it works. And you you have to do something unorthodox because there's nobody, maybe Stanford, maybe Stanford can match up just position by position. But other than that, there's nobody in the country that can do that. Everybody's got to figure out some sort of uh, tactic to catch South Carolina off guard. But the thing is, they're so good at adjusting. And they're so good at adjusting in-game. So it's really hard to keep them off balance for 40 minutes. Well, they have so many options, too, I think is the the crazy thing. If you you have a team that plays one way and you're South Carolina, you probably have an answer. Um, You know, you can go big, you can go small. Uh, you can run, you can slow it down. I mean, no matter who you face, but most teams have an identity. Where whereas Carolina, I think, can can really excel in whatever style of ball that they want to. Um, I, I was curious, Chris, um, with um, you know, with this team and just you know, there there have been teams obviously in women's basketball that have gone undefeated. So it is not, you know. Trying to think of the best way to say this. It's not like it just has never happened. But however, to go undefeated, really in, in any sport and anything at any level, to just go through an entire season, whatever that season may be, and say you're unblemished, you've never been defeated. Um, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but what what would that mean for this program? I mean, they've they've won titles, so you kind of look. I feel like you're like, all right, what else can they do? 
to me the final thing you could even consider being something you haven't checked off yet is that unblemished perfect season. Yeah, there's, uh, you bounced around a little bit when I'm trying to hit at each point. Um, after they won last Sorry. year, uh, one of the things Don said was uh, the next step is to repeat. So obviously that's the goal. They've never repeated. And the, the best teams in history, they've all repeated. You had Tennessee winning three states, excuse me, three straight, UConn winning four straight. And they have the chance to join that category. Um, and then as, with going undefeated, they have the chance to be the 10th team to go undefeated. And that's in about basically in 40 years of the NCAA tournament. So it, it's not unusual, but it's still exclusive company. And then when you, I, I won't even pretend to be qualified enough to figure out where they rank among those undefeated teams, assuming they get there. But, uh, but ESPN did a round table on it recently. And the analytics, uh, when they're applied, you know, back to the former champion, the analytics favor South Carolina. All right, Chris, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Again, that game coming up later this afternoon, South Carolina, Norfolk State at 2 o'clock. Pre-game starting at 1.30. You can hear that on our sister station, WISW 1320 uh, ESPN, and we will see how they continue to advance through the NCAA tournament in quest of that second straight national championship and an undefeated season. Chris, enjoy the game. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll come back on the other side. Keep rolling along with Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs right here on 107.5 The Game. Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. All right, and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you for a few more minutes going until the top of the hour out here at Firehouse Subs, 1297 Broad Street out here in Sumter. Wes and Chris out there meeting some fans, taking some pictures. Really cool morning all around. Thank you again once uh, once again to Larry Chandler for allowing us out here to do this and giving us an entire table full of subs to try. I think Wes has already uh, downed three different ones. Uh, Wes, what's your consensus on the best one so far? I mean, they're all they're all the same. They're all great. <laughs> Josh is like three. This uh, guy had every like, single like having, one. It's like having to pick one of your kids. That's right. Let me say, though, guys, I've never had pastrami before. I now, like, now, that's I like. a question we asked in the commercial mm-hmm. break, was what's a bigger shocker, the fact that Kendra, our girl with promotions, has never eaten a meatball sub or that Wes has never had pastrami before? I feel like the meatball sub, yeah, having, bigger, having yeah. not had a meatball sub yeah. would be more rare. But I feel like only there's only a few places that do meatball subs the right way. You know what I mean? Like yep. You can't just go to any place and have a meatball sub. You're going to be disappointed. Like Firehouse knocks it out of the park obviously, so if you're ever going to wait to eat one, it would obviously be a Firehouse sub, right? very happy, and yep. it had pepperoni they on did. it. So, so that's had, Wes's uh, way. Wes's way. Had, uh, yeah, both of y'all had great introductions to your new <laughs> subs. By the way, speaking of introductions, Tyler, somebody I'd like to introduce you to if you've not heard. You probably, if you listen to Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, heard me talk about Amy Mason Cup, State Farm. And if you have not called Amy Mason Cup yet of State Farm, you need to do so. And here's why. She can help you switch and save on your insurance. No, you probably don't sit around thinking about, oh, man, I should really take a look at my insurance, but you should. Her team is experienced, knowledgeable, responsive, and helpful. Whatever your needs are, she and State Farm have you covered. She can give you a personalized quote. South Carolina native and local agent Amy Mason Cup. 
Uh, also, you can check out the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Just give her a call, 803-772-5554, or visit her website. It's amymasoncup.com. That's M-A-S-I-N-C-U-P-P.com. So when you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. As we have a couple more minutes to go here, wrapping up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, we haven't had the opportunity to dive too much into football just yet, but you guys will get your next media availability coming up on Thursday. That will have been the fifth practice that South Carolina's had in the spring so far. You know, given the fact that there's a, what, nine-day separation from the last time you guys would have seen them on Tuesday, how much can change over the course of nine days in spring practice, and what do you think, if anything, might look a little bit different? One thing that I think we can look at is you're going to have that acclimation period for everybody, and so... You said it'd be the fifth, Tyler. You've done obviously more research on, yes, on the Yes, that'll day. be the fifth practice. Yeah, so they'll be getting more into what you are accustomed to seeing in practice in terms of, you know, having on all the pads and all that good stuff. Day one, obviously, you're in helmets and shorts, basically. So they'll start to be as they progress, you know, a little bit more physical contact. So that's one different thing. Does right. That, does that mean a whole lot in terms of team progression or, you know, people separating? Not necessarily. But I think at that point, at least internally, uh, it may not be something we can really see externally, and especially in our viewing window. But I think by that point, you're what kind of a third of the way through spring practice. Really, you can. They will probably start having a better sense of you know some of the decisions they're going to have to make, or you know how do we feel like this position is going to shake out? Who's progressing as we get into more physicality in practice? You know what are some of the things we're looking for? Even for Dowell Loggins, as we were talking about earlier. You know, what do I feel like my guys are getting comfortable with from a concept and scheme standpoint? Could there be a depth chart? Is that what you're saying? There's that word again. At this point, I don't know if there'll ever be a depth chart. Well, you know what I've noticed here, Chris? uh, I was going back over, for a story I had to write, I was going back over all three coordinators. Chris Chris making a free throw in the NBA, (laughs) also not happening. His uh, shot just got rejected by the trash can. But... The uh, completely lost my train of thought, but um, have you noticed there may not be a depth chart, but there is a rotation. So maybe we just change the wording. We we don't know what the depth chart is, but we do know what the rotation is. We somebody had to go first. Somebody, Dal Loggins was talking about how hey Lenora Sellers he worked his butt off his words this off season first two months on campus, so he got into the rotation a little bit earlier than maybe he would have otherwise. So. We, there may not be a depth chart yet, but I think it'll be interesting if we get the non-depth chart drill again. Then, <laughs> is there a guy who went out there first last time, but he's going out there second this time? Is there a guy who went out there third last time, he's going out there first this time? I mean, there are some things you can really overanalyze and glean from this thing, but it does ultimately, hopefully, give you a little bit of a picture of what direction things are headed, even though we all know it's still fluid, it still can change very quickly. Well, if Gargiulo trots out there at center uh, for the first time next week, we're going to spend the entire hour talking about the center position. No, Wes, I know that's exactly what Wes you guys want to do. Down. We, we have talked about the center position every day this week. It's an important position. That's it is right. very important. He touches the ball every play. We're going to shoehorn center into every single takeover hour from now on. He, they, he is the only player who has touched the football every single play that's ever existed in football. That is true. Even the quarterback, every now and then there's a direct snap. Even when it's Ezekiel Elliott at the center position, it's still the center touching the football. I was thinking about that this morning 
So is it correct that Ezekiel Elliott's last play with the Cowboys <laughs> yes, was yes. him snapping a football and getting blown up into the backfield about Think 10 that, yards? That is correct. Rocked. Just rocked. That's a rough last memory. Yeah, rough way to go. <laughs> but on the other hand, maybe it was time to move on. He might have thought it was time to move yes. on after that. It's like, man, they got me out here playing center. I'm yeah, out of here. I, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. That's no, the most I, perfect Cowboys play ever, I feel like. Do you think for, that for the non-depth chart drill that they run, West, that they have an individual wheel of destiny for every single position and they just spin it and that's how they, that's how they trot the guys out there? No, I think the non-depth chart <laughs> drill has way more meaning behind it. Has it has way more depth chart to it than, yes, than we're allowed to acknowledge, I think. All right, going to run to our last time out here. But before we do, want to let you know about the 107.5 Game Spring Golf Classic coming up next Friday, March 24th at the Charwood Golf Club in West Columbia. Give Charwood a call at 803-755-2000 to register. It is $100 per person and $400 per team if you want to be a part of it. Going to have some cool autograph gear from Gamecock athletes and one lucky person win the grand prize of season tickets to all remaining USC baseball games. Lunch will also be provided by our friends at Firehouse Subs. Don't miss your chance be a part of the 107.5 The Game Spring Golf Classic. Come back on the other side, wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on location at Firehouse Subs in Sumter on 107.5 The Game. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris a couple more minutes ago wrapping up what's been a very fun morning out here at Firehouse Subs in Sumter, 1297 Broad Street, right in front of Walmart. We've given away some tickets. We've met some fans, uh, had some great subs. It's been a really, really cool morning. Jay and Terry coming up next, by the way, with the uh, halftime show, uh, taking you through to 3 o'clock, talking a lot of uh, men's basketball. Uh, Heath Klein as well coming up at 6 o'clock later on tonight. It's been a very busy week in the world of Gamecock football. Obviously, spring practice going on. Pro Day feels like it was a month ago. It was just on Monday. Um, but you were uh, talking about this uh, in the break there. We, we know Cam Smith is going to be going the highest, all the Gamecocks in the draft, and certainly projected as a uh, first-rounder. I've seen a couple different mock drafts that have him, have him going to uh, a couple different teams, just kind of depending on who needs somebody uh, with the help at the, uh, the back end of their defense there. Where, uh, where do you see this going? Well, later first round, and, and, and when you're in that range, Tyler, I think you can always slip to early second. just kind of depends on who else is picked. If you're not the first corner off the board, Kim Smith will be one of the first corners off the board. And so interesting mock draft that I saw yesterday that I wanted to point out by Trevor Sikama of PFF. Um, he actually has mocked Kim Smith number 24 overall in okay. the draft to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who just released Shaquille Griffin. And yep. so they need kind of a cornerback, too, on that on that roster. Um, and Trevor notes that, you know, a handful of cornerbacks should have come off the board at that point, but the Jags would still have a chance to grab Smith in that back end. And something else he notes, they'll love Smith's fearless mentality. We know he definitely True. does Sorry. not lack for confidence whatsoever. And, Wes, here's another one. What you got? So we know that uh, Darius Rush, from what I've heard, is probably a top 100 type guy. Check this one out. Trevor has Darius Rush, round three, number 70 overall. Has him going higher than Zach Pickens. So second Gamecock off the board, which I think, Wes, that was kind of your prediction-ish that Darius Rush is, is coming off the board before Zach Pickens. Number 70 to the Las Vegas Raiders. So, South Carolina's top two cornerbacks from last season. Trevor has them going 
first round and third round, Cam Smith and Darius Rush. What um, what pick does San Francisco have in the third round? Like I, I think both of these guys actually have a chance to be drafted in good situations. Like I, I could see both of them. Like Cam, especially if he fall, if he's not falls, but if he can land in that back end of the first round, you're going to teams that are already good. Yeah. Like there, there's a scenario. Like there's a great case to be made that you'd much rather go in the back half of a round in most cases than in the first half because you don't want to be one of the teams that's doing a complete rebuild. Yeah. Well, I feel like if you go in the first half of the the first round, or spe- specifically in the first round, you're being told by that team, hey, we're missing a lot. You're a super key piece that we need to be successful for us to get better. If you're going to the back half round, if he goes 24 to the Jaguars, Jaguars are already good. In fact, mm-hmm. they're ahead of schedule from where a lot of people thought they would be. You're just more of a complementary piece to what's already there. And to answer your question, Wes, uh, San Fran actually has three picks in the third right round. at the end of the third round, starting with number 99, and Trevor has them taking a corner from TCU. Uh, special compens- compensatory selection, if I can spit that out. They have three of them, 99, 101, 102, to finish out the third round. Yeah, and I asked, I had read that they need a corner and that when you look at Darius' projection and the fact they have all those picks, if he... If he's still on the board there, it just seems like that would make sense. Um, so I, I would be a little bit surprised if Darius gets past that point. But he, he may very well go, you know, before. And, and a pretty corner heavy. I mean, again, mock draft, right? But generally, that gives you kind of a sense of like the first round of a mock draft. If there's, I think there's five corners mocked in the first round by Trevor. It's a good corner draft. Generally, that doesn't mean you're only going to see one in the first round. So, Cam Smith, the fifth corner off, and you're still a first rounder. We saw J.C. Horn a couple years ago go, what, number eight overall. He was the first corner off the board. So, it is a good class. And if you go through, you know, these mock drafts, I mean, Trevor's right here from PFF. He's got five in the first round, and the rest of the second and third round also littered with draft picks. But the fact that Darius Rush has made that ascension in a corner-heavy, corner-quality class really speaks to the job that he's done, not only at South Carolina, but just getting ready for the draft. In a weird way, it could actually play into his favor, too, because if you have that run on a position, then, you know, you have that run, teams start to panic a little bit and yeah. say, oh, well, we need a corner. Let me take let me take a corner earlier than I thought I would. Whether that's Darius or not, that slides him up yep. a spot or two, potentially, Again, we'll see how it plays out, but um, and he's just he's got upward mobility, man. Like teams, I'm sure um, teams are probably paying attention as well to what other teams are doing as far as who they're bringing in on visits, who they're bringing in to chat with and meet with. So you can there, there's momentum, I think, strangely enough, in your draft status as well. That's a great point. You kind of see a similar effect like this year at the top half of the first round, the first few picks. A quarterback. You've got a handful of quarterbacks that are first-rounders. There's a big debate of who, who the top one is. The Panthers have got to have a quarterback. They give up a lot to go to the number one spot so they can find, hey, maybe they know who they want, maybe they don't. But regardless, they're like, we're getting the guy we want. Right. You know, Whoever we pick at number one is the guy we want. So at corner, you're right, Wes. I mean, the market, that, that kind of rush could help Darius Rush. Who, who are you all taking if you're the Panthers? 
Cool. I go back and forth so much. Put it, put it on the record. I'm, intri- I, uh, ready? I'm intrigued by Anthony Richardson, but also terrified. Oh, like, that's, completely that's too terrified. much of a risk to me. But okay. you're a Georgia fan. You're, <laughs> uh, well, I, I would probably go with C.J. Stroud. And I've, I, that's what I've heard that Frank Wright is leaning towards yes, anyway. Yes, that's what um, supposedly he likes. I, I, I feel like Bryce Young is a guy we're going to look back on and be like, it doesn't seem like that's the way they're headed with this. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's the guy in there that you're gonna. You might look back and be like, "We passed." You're gonna kick yourself. The, the Panthers have done the smart thing though. They went out and signed Andy Dalton as a veteran quarterback, yeah. somebody that you know can probably hit, start those first four or five games, and either starts playing bad or you get the development that you want out of Stroud, Richardson, Young, whoever it is, and then put them out there when they're ready. I hate when you throw a rookie quarterback to the wild in week one and expect him to be successful. We saw that with Trevor Lawrence out in Jacksonville. That first year was rough, and Urban Meyer certainly didn't help things by by any means. But after having a full year under his belt, he got a whole lot better. Um, you know, There's a difference in the game between college and the pros, and you need that time to marinate. And if you can sit behind a veteran for a little while, that certainly helps you out. Now, I, I was going to say real quick, I was hoping you were going to say somebody different so that we would all have different takes, but Stroud is probably the move, Yep, I think. Um, no, I, I actually, I, I don't know. It, it's weird, right? Because I would say I would like them to take Young, but you feel like you could get him at less than number one. Yeah. But they have the number one pick. But I, I'm with you. I think he's a dog. And, and, and you don't want to pass on, like, not the same player, but, like, the next Pat Mahomes. And quickly, as we wrap up here, the Panthers also added a nice piece for him on offense and Hayden Hurst at the tight yeah. end position. Great so that's, gonna, that's certainly going to help him out. Yeah. Great Garnet pickup tour. for them. Miles Sanders at running back. They yep. had a really good offseason free agency. I mean, they ended the season pretty decently last yeah. year despite all the turmoil under uh, Matt Rule. So uh, I don't think it's going to be too hard for them to bounce back. No, no doubt. So that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Thank you so much to Larry Chandler for allowing us to come out here to this firehouse subs out in Sumter. Thank you to Ed Bird back in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios for producing the show for us. Thank you to Colin Taylor, uh, Chris Wellbaum, Tommy Moody, everybody that joined us throughout the entire show. We'll be back on Monday for the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs right here on 107.5 The Game. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.